Hello and welcome back to the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark and today we're going to take reality as you know it and bend it like that Beckham guy does or something like that. I'd probably know what that was if I was the least bit of athletic, but anyways. So today we're going to go through differences and future possibilities of virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality. So hang on to your glasses because what's real and what isn't is about to get blurry. But as a quick reminder, don't forget to check out the podcast website, uh, downsouthit.wordpress.com. Uh, i got a few blog posts up there that are really good, uh, a couple that will help you out this upcoming holiday season. And also, you can find all of the previous podcast episodes there uh, on the Embedded Player. You can find links to show pages on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher as well. Uh, and of course, don't forget to check out the Facebook page at Down South IT. Give the page a like if you don't mind. Let me know you stopped by. And also, if you're old school, you can also email me at DownSouthIT at gmail.com. So if you have any questions or show ideas you want me to take a stab at, drop me an email. I'll let, we'll see what happens, and I'll take it into consideration going forward. And just as a programming note also, the episode following this one will be the last one for uh, Season 1. Since I'll be taking a little bit of time off of the holidays, it gets busy during that time, as everybody knows. So I'll take, I'm taking the, uh, the holidays off for the podcast for a little, wh- little while. But uh, the first episode for Season 2 will come out on January 8th. And I'll keep up with the same, you know, every two-week uh, release schedule that I've been doing on it. Uh, so far so just keep up with everything via the website and facebook page i'll be updating those while i'm on break um try to keep everything up to date as much as i can and i do also want to make a correction from the last podcast on that one i said that the 5g cell network would be in the 5 gigahertz band i was wrong on that uh, I did a little bit of digging, and the 5G networks that are going to be coming out for your cell phones and stuff are you going to be anywhere between 28 gigahertz and 36 gigahertz. So I just wanted to make that correction. I want I want to be correct in all of my analysis here, and I want to give you all the correct information. So now with that, uh, on to the show. So let's begin with what all the all these technologies are. We can explore each one individually, and of course the oldest one of the three is going to be virtual reality. It's been around in some form, at least you know, in a very, very basic form, since the 50s and 60s. Uh, the Viewmaster, the little red toy with the picture wheel, that's a very basic form of virtual reality. It tricks your senses into seeing something else. So VR at its core is a virtual environment that tricks the senses. The recent versions, even the ones from the 80s, used big headsets and gloves and stuff like that to immerse you in a completely generated environment that you could interact with. Augmented reality takes the digital information that someone creates and overlays it on top of our view of the real world. The best example from recently that of uh, augmented reality is going to be the game Pokemon Go. That game was crazy big, and I think they still have tons of people playing it. But basically, that overlaid digital Pokemon characters and stuff like that into the real world while using your cell phone. Now, when you get into mixed reality, it's actually a combination of both of those. You have digital 
characters or images that are overlaid of your view in the real world, but you're able to interact with those digital elements just as you are something physically in the room with you. So we'll break them down a little bit further and we'll go go forward and kind of explain what's going on with these. And also we'll kind of tell you what's in the future for these technologies. Because basically a lot of these things are still kind of in their infancy. They've been around for a long time. But they're still, they're still very, we're st just scratching the surface on what they can actually do and what they can do for us. So let's break them down a little bit more and try to get into it a little bit deeper. So you probably think virtual reality is something that you need a bulky headset on, a bulky headset and a bunch of stuff to do, right? Well, not really, because when was the last time you went to an arcade or, you know, went to a game room or something like that? A lot of those new games can immerse you in their digital world without a lot of equipment. Anything that's within that environment that's computer generated beforehand is virtual reality. VR, especially in a lot of those arcade games, when you step into a big enclosed cabinet or I'm not sure exactly how to, kind of a cockpit type thing, and you're somewhat cut off from the world, but you still be able to view and interact with all of their thing that's virtual reality it's tricking your senses to think that you're somewhere that you're not and the games that are out now are actually really doing a really good job of doing that i've played a few of them over the last couple of years that are really good and they even do you know puffs of air at you and stuff like that just to kind of e even get you into that you know immerse you even further and it, it's kind of kind of interesting so but what else does VR use for besides gaming and arcades and stuff like that well simulators I mean the military uses simulators for pilots for ship captains tank crews they even starting to use versions of it for uh, squ small squads of soldiers to train in safe environments without having the cost of actually be out, being out in the field they will you take the cockpits or even sit in a whole actual vehicle inside of a room and have screens that fully surround the vehicle and they project you know the the scenarios up on the screens that give soldiers and pilots and everybody else a 360 view of what's going on those scenarios can change based on the choices that each person makes so every trip in a simulator is unique and it's challenging of course you know if using that that's going to be a type of ai and stuff like that so it kind of kind of builds on the ai and everything like that that we kind of talked about um, a few episodes ago and just using it in a situation to basically make something that is possibly scripted into something that's very random and when something is random that's more like real life you know life is not scripted life is not planned or anything like that as much as we like to think that it is Life is very random, so the more random, the better. And basically what we can do, even now, police forces are starting to use simulators to test their officers. Uh, there are a bunch of different simulators for pilots. They got, right now, the biggest thing is they're using actual video in the simulators. So software developers, they film, you know, dozens of different scenarios with a bunch of different outcomes and the engineer running it they can they change some of the parameters you know whether the, the weather the time of day if it's at night or whatever based on what they want to try to do with that simulation 
the engineer can either pick a scenario that they know the outcome is going to be and let the whole thing play out or they can make it random and depending on who's in the simulator and what decisions they make the software will dictate what will happen so again making it random so making it more like real life the more like real life it is the better it is for training it's a very useful tool and it's able to test people in a number of different situations that during their careers as pilots as captains as law enforcement they may never even see any of these things happen in real life but at least they'll have the training so if it does happen they can make the correct decisions now another thing you can do with VR is with uh, say you're an architect there are already computer programs that'll do 3D models and stuff like that that'll let you see kind of what a, a building you know would look like whenever you, you're done with it but you can use virtual reality and you can take your client on a tour of the building before the foundations even poured think of that you can actually take a tour of a building a completed building and go in any room on it and not even have the thing built yet so that's kind of nifty right now scientists also can use vr to stand in the middle of space to see what would happen when galaxies collide or how a supernova will affect the region of space you know that's not something that we can physically do right now just because of our placement and everything but with their physics models and stuff like that they can see how that event would affect other things in the area and that's something that we haven't seen live on a telescope or anything like that so being able to do a model of it gives us a better understanding of the universe now of course right now the biggest market in VR is gaming of course most new smart smartphones that come out especially Samsung and LG they have their own VR headsets PlayStation has their own also and I'm sure you've heard of the oculus headset that's all that's also a uh, virtual reality and all of these have the same goal they want to take their player and put their player directly into their game and most of these do a really good job of that there are more games that come out weekly for these platforms and they from what I've read there are even some companies that are kind of starting to be even accepting of games being ported over so you can play some of your old favorites in VR so that was that's I thought that was kind of cool that'd be kind of funny to uh, that'd be kind of cool to play Super Mario Brothers the original NES version in first person wouldn't it? That? that'd be kind of cool and, but one of the more geeky things that I've seen recently and of course you know it's compounded my my love of Star Wars but um, is the Star Wars Jedi challenge now this thing's about 200 bucks it's a little bit pricey but where else can you fight your favorite bad guy or your good guy depending on what mood you're in and have your own lightsaber battle with a lightsaber you you have in your hand that's pretty badass I'm sorry I don't care who you are it looks fun uh, I saw some of the videos of the gameplay and it looks cool but it's just it's not like having someone stand right in front of you it's almost kind of like you're doing a lightsaber battle with a force ghost but even so it's pretty damn cool so uh, search around for it if it piques your interest uh, it's been out for a couple of years now so they, they're pretty easy to find in a lot of the big box retailers um, I know Best Buy has them but uh, yeah VR is alive and well and it'll only get better and more interactive as time goes on so 
what can we expect in the future from it? Uh, well, Arcania.com asked a bunch of experts in the field to see what they think the future of the platform is. And we'll go through a few of these. Um, Fu Connor, who's a social media entrepreneur and CEO at Jekko, uh, was asked, what's the most popular case emerging for VR that's changing the world? And he said, it's, imagine being in the pit of your local symphony. Virtual reality can place you there. Not mono, not stereo, but hundreds of movable points of sound. You want to hear the violin? You move in closer. Companies like Harmon Audio are working with VR developers to make sound as good as it looks. The experiences being developed today get uh, to give surround sound new meaning, and it's music to my ears. So that's kind of cool. I didn't think they would actually be able to do that with with, with uh, audio, but yeah, that's that's a big part of VR. So uh, we'll go through also with uh, Will Mason. He was the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Upload VR, and his take on it was there are a number of big, big ones. Education and social are two big ones. VR provides a visceral way to engage with information, providing novel and unique ways to explore data and learn new things. It won't supplant the traditional education method, but it will augment them, just like the internet did. For social, it's about three letters, NVC, nonverbal communication. Approximately 92% of communication is nonverbal, or at most of which is lost online when you type. But we all know that there are many benefits to communication without physical boundaries. So VR allows the benefits of face-to-face communication, things like physical collaboration and emotional expressiveness to be combined with the benefits of not having to share the same physical space. AR and VR are the logical evolution of global communication. So what he's saying here is basically you can, they're trying to build a virtual conference room where you can put on a VR headset and instead of doing a conference call for work, you actually go into a conference room so you can see and talk and and interact with people in real time just as if they're in the same room as you. I actually, I never even thought of that either, but that's actually a really good thing because if you're trying, you can understand where he's coming from too because whenever you text somebody, if you're like me, you're kind of a sarcastic person and there's no sarcastic font that text messages have. I wish they did because that would make things a lot easier on me. You lose a lot whenever you're just texting or typing an email. You know, everything is very cut and dry, it's very bland, but you know whenever you talk to somebody there's ups there's downs there's emphasis there's inflection there's a lot of things that you do besides just talking and there's also hand motions there's the head nodding you know there's there's th- different things that you all lose whenever you're just typing something out so having that would actually be pretty i, th- I think that would actually help a lot of businesses and then, to be honest it would act probably help me and my work with my team but i don't think uh my company is going to be in getting into uh, VR very much uh, right now. They're kind of in the middle of a lot of other different things too. But I really don't think they're going to do that. So uh, moving on, uh, the next one is actually Rob Morgan, and he's a game writer for GameStory.co.uk. His uh, question was the same one. He says, "For me, VR will live or die by the quality of the stories that it tells." In VR, good storytelling isn't just a quality issue, it's an immersion issue. 
VR players feel radically present in the scene and in a way that they don't in flat screen games. But in VR, you're embodying a character who isn't interesting or whose motivations and actions aren't logical or compelling. Then that's as bad as a visual glitch. It pops the player out of the immersion. So we will be able to attract players to the technology with visually spectacular tech demos but to get out of the early adopter basement, you need to answer the promise of an immersive narrative. So basically, the, the quality of the storytelling is going to be what draws people in, not necessarily the technology. But all of these people agree, VR has been around for a while, but is just now starting to scratch the surface on what it can really do. Now up next, we're going to move on to augmented reality, or AR and some of it's kind of a newcomer but like i said the game pokemon go was probably the biggest use of ar in a long time it's the biggest one but there are a lot of different companies right now that are using ar in a lot of different ways uh google is a pioneer in a lot of tech and they kind of actually kick-started the ar revolution a few years back with the defunct google glass i don't know if you haven't even heard of it but it was a pair of glasses paired with a computer built in that would scan objects and tell you about them as you look it was kind of a live search and so like if you looked at a restaurant sign it would pop in information about the star rating when they were open you know reviews things of that nature and google glass was cool but i think it was a, a, a very far ahead of its time now probably what, what's going to end up happening is about probably eight to ten years down the road they're going to come up with something even closer to this to google glass and it's going to work a lot better so just kind of be on the lookout for that i, I, I have a really i have a feeling that's that we haven't seen the last of stuff like that it's it's coming back it will come back i can promise you but anyway uh google glass might be gone but the tech that powered it is still alive and kicking it's been rolled into what people what they're calling google lens now and it can do a lot more than what the glasses ever did uh you can point your smartphone camera at just about anything and search for it i mean i did it with a can of coke a few nights ago just to play with it um, it's able to identify different plants, different bugs, different thing, different animals, just by getting them on, getting them on camera. And so, but even in a way, this is still kind of a basic version of AR. Uh, Amazon even got into the AR game a little bit uh, not long ago. You can use their app and browse furniture and appliances and draperies and stuff like that. You pick the one you want and you point your camera where you think you might put it and the app will render the sofa or the appliance or whatever it is that you're looking at and put it in your room or on your uh, counter or whatever you know where you think it's going to go so you can see what it looks like before you even buy it in your house so and i think ikea actually does the same thing for their products too but uh, i think amazon was the the bigger one of those two but uh they, they do have a lot of companies that do that with doors and windows and curtains, blinds, that kind of thing. So that way you can see the finished product and what that item is going to look like in your home live before you even put your credit card info into the website. So where exactly do they go from here? Well, in, we can go to healthcare, AR, uh, along with a lot of AI uh, programming 
is being developed to overlay targets for IV placement. So they'll use glasses or, you know, you kind of a headset kind of thing, and they'll look at your arm and be able to detect where your veins are to be able to hit you, uh, put an IV in you first time every time. And I think that'll help a lot of people because I know the couple of times that I've had it done, it was a couple of sticks and it was not fun. So anything to cut down on that would definitely be high up on my list. Um, there are also AR-powered mirrors that'll let you, well, I'll say quote-unquote mirrors. They're not actually mirrors. They're actually giant screens, but um, that'll let you virtually try on clothes to see what looks best on you instead of the mannequin standing out front in the window. Uh, there's actually an app being developed right now to see different shades of nail polish, lipstick, and other makeup. You can try it on virtually to see what colors work and which don't you know with your skin tone the whole nine so i'm not very i'm not much uh for wearing makeup but you know i'm sure that that app would actually be pretty pretty big if well one of the the main makeup companies can get a hold of it so um but again this a lot of this technology is still in the infancy of what it can do but it looks like there's going to be a lot more ar that we're going to be interacting with on a daily basis in the near future the more our virtual world and digital world start to combine, then we start really getting into the, the next the next field, which is your mixed reality. And mixed reality is it's kind of a different animal uh, whenever you look at it, because not only are you having digital objects that you can see in you know your realistic space, but you can actually go ahead and interact with these digital elements just like you would with something that's in the room with you. Mixed reality really and truly is the next form of AR, augmented reality. It's taken the digital objects and stuff that's already in the AR environment, basically just cranking it up to 11, letting you deal with and play with stuff in the virtual world just like it would be sitting in front of you. Imagine going to a museum and when you walk into one of the galleries or whatever, you could actually meet and talk to the painter that painted it, even though he died 400 years ago, and just have an actual conversation with him about his work. You move into a different gallery for natural history and you're able to interact with different animals that have gone extinct digitally. You can pet saber-toothed cat cubs or, you know, so different things like that. It, the possibilities for to inter, for interaction and stuff like that are pretty much endless. I mean, you could actually almost go through and be looking at a digital, say, the, the Christmas book, you know, Christmas catalog for toys and stuff like that. If you, you're thumbing through the catalog and you see something you like, that object can actually pop up in your headset. And you can sit there and play with it. You'll see exactly how big it is. You can... You know, if it's a, say it's a blender, you can take the glass part off of the blender and see how big everything is, how it would fit in your apartment right there in real time. There's a lot of cool things that are going to be on the horizon to do, that you can do with augmented reality and with mixed reality. The only bad thing is, it's going to require glasses or a headset to do a lot of it. But if it, that's going to be the norm, then the glasses and stuff like that are going to be integrated into regular glasses 
over time it's going to be integrated into different things that we're going to use you know on a daily basis kind of like we did with cell phones you know at first smartphones were weren't the norm at at first but now just about everybody has one so it's gonna it's kind of gonna be along that same line but the things that you're going to be able to do and interact with it are going to be so much more than especially what's available today but as the as the technology grows and everything it's going to be a really really cool thing to see how all of this integrates with you know our life and what it can do and what it can add to our lives as we go forward and just remember as we go forward i do want to thank you all for listening it's just about that time so i want to go ahead and start wrapping this up uh, don't forget you can all, always go check out all our past episodes on the uh, the new webpage. Uh, I got the embedded player on there. It's downsouthit.wordpress.com. And you can also also check out some of the stuff on uh, Facebook at downsouthit. Uh, just search for the page there using the at symbol and let, like the page. Let me know you stopped by. You can also check out all of the episodes on soundcloud on stitcher on google play and the big one itunes so no matter what platform you normally use you can always go hit me up and find it there i try to make it easy for everybody so uh you can also send me an email if you want to do it the old-fashioned way down south it at gmail.com just for the for those people that like it old school you know we can keep it keep it going that way too And as I always like to do, I always like to close out paraphrasing Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it cannot replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. That's it for me. I'll see you next time on the Down South IT Podcast. I'll catch y'all next time. Later. Later.